Welcome to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast about a story about a town, and tonight we're focusing on Chapter 9, La Grande Illusion. Uh, I'm Chris Hainer from ScreenerTV.com. I'm Craig Byrne from KSITV.com, and my voice sounds crazy because I have a cold. Also because you're crazy. Well, that too. Yeah. And I'm Russ Burlingame from ComicBook.com, and when I hear this title, all I can think of is... Illusions, Michael. <laughs> I'm really upset there wasn't a magic show in this episode, if I'm being honest. Uh, one would have thought... Tricks are, oh, tricks are something that women do for money or candy. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, this episode was shown at WonderCon this last weekend. It was. So two of us got to see it at least. Um... Yeah, screw you guys. Listen, it was a lot of fun I'm to watch saying, in a... Oh, sorry. Well, I'm not, I was going to say, I'm not saying we're better than you, but we're better than you. Fair. It was, it was fun to watch in a theater full of people, um, especially our row, which seemed to be the biggest fans in the entire place. Like, you know, we were, like, laughing and gasping at some of the dialogue and cheering things on, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I have to. I have to agree. Like, granted, uh, a weekly TV show uh, in a theater setting isn't exactly ideal to do on a weekly basis. But man, uh, I would love it if the CW or WBTV would do something to just do screenings of it in various places. Because holy cow, watching that in a room with like a thousand other people or however many people were in the arena, it, it was pretty. It was pretty full so it's definitely more than a thousand but watching it with that many people and having them all react to the same things at the same moment was a very very cool feeling and yeah. you know like even like laughing at certain lines like the bit where uh cheryl refers to fred andrews as dilphy you know yeah. we all were laughing at the exact same time it was pretty cool isn't this also the episode where she referred to jughead as a hobo or was that laughing? yes it was Cheryl had the best lines of this episode for sure. And she also, yeah, pretty much. But she also like, we'll get to this later, but she kind of uh, raised her standing in the who killed Jason poll to me at least. Which is funny. I think for a lot of folks, including a lot of our readers, she's never really left the running. I think a lot of people see the, like the twin cest vibes and they get so creeped out that they just stuck with her. Well, the so the weird thing about Cheryl is like for the first I would say four episodes she was very very much painted as a villain, mm-hmm. and then when episode five Jason's funeral that Josie missed rolled around, uh, she was very sympathetic and you felt for her. You wanted to hug her and you wanted her to feel better about things. But this episode, like the bitch is back in a big bad way, and you know why Madeline refers to her character as a villain now. Absolutely, she is. Yeah, she's she's um, she's a manipulator, and she's very good at it. And she's not afraid to do it, and she's not afraid to use anything she has access to to do it. She, like, she to ensnare Archie. She let's see, she buys him a guitar. She gets her family to offer him a scholarship to, like, Magical Music Academy, which is weird because like the music tutor even wouldn't even hang out with this kid. So, yes, I so like, they must have some serious connections. And she even tries to make out with him and essentially get together with him. All is means to an end because Cheryl is a badass. The, the thing is, though, it's kind of sad and tragic about Cheryl, is that there was a period of time in this episode where I think Archie actually felt bad for Cheryl. Like, he saw what she was yeah. going through and, you know... And then she kind of just, like, snapped at him, and then it was like, whoa, you know, I just wanted to be your friend, and now you're doing this. And, of course, Valerie's having none of that. Well, what's weird is she snapped at him when, like, it became clear he was just another person 
who is in it for himself. So that like they're able to maintain a bit of that Cheryl sympathy because Archie <clears throat> says he's there because he cares about her and he's her friend and blah 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 blah. But he's there because of the, the music school thing, and he's there because he's getting cool. He's 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 not playing her. I feel like that's a terrible way to say it, but he stick definitely sticks around for as long as he does simply because of what's being offered to him. But I do think there is a period where he's like, Oh, well, you know, they're treating her horribly. I'm going to defend her because I consider her to be my friend actually. Yes. But, but, but he wouldn't be there in the first place. If it's, it's such a weird line. The Blossom family is walking that makes them all look horribly guilty of something. Yeah. So, should we talk about what brings all these people into town and why Cheryl is recruiting Archie? Maple syrup, bro. Yeah, it's like, what What was the name of what they were doing to the tree? The, the tree the, tapping ceremony. Tree tapping, yeah. Okay. Hey, it's been which a long is, week. Is, <laughs> tree tapping is a, is a for real thing. I've done it before. It's weird. Um, I didn't do it with, like, obnoxiously good-looking high school kids because those didn't exist when I was in high school. But uh, And mine was way less dramatic. It was a very quick thing. But, yeah, it's, it's, all, about, it's all about that maple. Yeah, Gotta living in that maple. New York, uh, I, I did this. Like, this was one of those things that they had us do every year from, like, fourth to eighth grade uh, when we were, like, studying Laura Ingalls Wilder books and things. Yes. I love Little House on the Prairie, dog. On the Prairie Dog? On the Prairie yeah. That would be a good movie. They Little House on the Prairie Dog. They have a dog. I'm just saying. It's true. Is, was but, the dog blind? No, that was I'm the sister. You, I know. You're a monster. I'm Nellie Olsen. Even she's not that bad. You're one of history's greatest monsters, as uh, yeah. as Thon would say. Yeah, reverse flash. Yeah. So um <laughs> So it's this is it the stockholders, the shareholders in the Blossoms company that are not down with Cheryl? It's, yeah. It's the it's the yeah, like the board of the, not the, the not the board of trustees, the board of directors, like the higher ups at the Blossom Maple Syrup Company, which is weird because you get the indication that some of them are family and some of them are not. Mm-hmm. But they're all super ginger. Like, yeah. the world's entire ginger population, sans Molly Ringwald, like, just descends on Riverdale for a weekend. Sarah Schechter wasn't there either. I bet, behind, I bet she was behind the camera. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Probably Sarah Schechter doesn't exist in this universe. Like, this Earth's version of Sarah Schechter is maybe Molly Ringwald. I'm into it. Well, maybe Sarah Schechter is Molly Ringwald. I don't think that's true. They look nothing alike. That's true. Makeup. <laughs> Illusions, Michael. Oh, boy. Could be. <laughs> I started that one. I'm sorry. No, it could be. But anyway, these people don't have confidence in Cheryl as the heir now that Jason has passed. And Archie is kind of brought around to... Um, maybe show some stability in the family. And uh, he just kind of gets in that lion's den where also Polly happens to be. Um, We have to look at something, first of all. Like, he's brought around as sort of Cheryl's escort to show that there's some stability in the family. The The Blossom family's idea of how do we show stability to our shareholders is... We're going to hire a high school kid that kind of, sort of, looks like our dead son to fill the role of our dead son. That's fair. It's bonkers. That family is crazy pants. And there were, again, people who are listening just watched the episode. Russ, you will have just watched the episode. This was also the episode where Fred and Archie talk about his financial difficulties for the first time, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, Listen, I cool. thought I thought they talked about it last week. Last week? Okay. Like I, I, I thought that 
he had told yeah because because when fred talks to archie about the finances in eight is when archie decides to go harassing serpents to try and stop them oh okay you are correct yeah you're right but this episode is the one where fred and hermione have a talk and about what hiram's involved in and yeah you have something to say that ain't that ain't a talk bro that was a falling out that was a breaking up yeah fred grew up there like and uh mm mm-hmm I was gonna say, and, and it's funny because the the breaking up of it all uh, is is the clip that I haven't used when uh, sampling some of the KJ quotes from that interview. Because when we asked him about Molly Ringwald, his comment was something along the lines of, "Yeah, and Fred and Hermione are are wrapping up when my mom comes back." Oh, I didn't catch that. When Archie's mom comes back, uh, the stuff with Fred and Hermione is pretty much kind of coming uh, it looks as though it's going to come to an end and uh, Archie's mum kind of figures out what's going on between Fred and Hermione as well so there's no really kind of rekindling for them at this moment in time this seems to be one of those shows where they, they really like and we've talked, I've talked about parallel storytelling before on this show but they seem to really like the idea of like okay episode 6 is the one where everybody gets to have a first kiss episode 9 is where everybody breaks up yeah except for Betty and Jughead bro true love forever until episode 10 shut your mouth I'm just kidding that's when it's gonna go down Sheriff Killer is going to get rid of Bughead. No. I'm calling it now. He's the one that killed Bughead. He won't even be in the episode. Probably not. Speaking of not in the episode, why is it whenever Cheryl has a big family thing going on, Josie doesn't show up? I mean, this time, both Melody and Valerie were there. Josie wasn't even there for her girl. What's going on? I actually asked, I actually asked Ashley about that at WonderCon. Josie will be back in episode 11. And they'll have what? a new performance there with, I believe Veronica will be involved in it. And then evidently the Pussycats have a big to-do uh, in episode 12, which I'm assuming will be have to do with the 75th Jubilee deal. Probably, yeah. Okay, that's the weird thing, though, because um, this is where we get spoilery. So, you know, if you're one of those people that oh, don't yeah. like spoilers, cover your ears. Spoiler warning. I totally forgot I to say that. I thought Ashley... Yes, sorry to interrupt. Um... I thought Ashley said in an interview somewhere that she's not in the episode where we find out who killed Jason. I don't remember her saying that. Okay. I mean, it's possible. I also got the impression that the audience will know in terms of it will be clear, <clears throat> but not stated at the end of 12. Oh. So like, yeah. I, I, I kind of get the impression that the quote-unquote episode where you find out is going to be the finale. Okay. Like, I kind of yeah. get the impression that basically 12 ends... And the mystery falls into place. It's really clear, but nobody actually says it. That makes that would so. Make sense. So everything starts pointing to Sheriff Keller, and then mm, I doubt it. <laughs> Chris is just at this point no longer rising to the bait. No, I know he's like because you're yeah. wrong. He's the sher- he's the law in this town. He would never do such a thing. I am the law. Well, we know Cole and the. Cole and Lily said in an interview this week that it's not going to be Sheriff Keller who finds out who did it, at least. That's because he's also a terrible lawman, to be that's fair. That's true. Mr. I am the law. Okay, His yeah. His evidence got stolen. Speaking of terrible, can we just laugh at the notion that after Alice couldn't get into the computer at the Riverdale Register, they're like, would you like a job at the Blue and Gold? They have a bigger budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it was, so, it was so funny when they were talk as they were. I said it to myself under my breath uh, when Alice was like, "I'm gonna write like an expose." And blah blah. blah. I, I, Craig, I might have actually turned to you. I said, "Wouldn't it be weird if she ended up writing for the school newspaper?" And then she said it. And then they did it, and I was like, "No, really." <laughs> also, why does the school newspaper have a bigger budget than the town newspaper? And I thought, well, because print is dead. And the also, school newspaper has to get made. Also, the school newspaper, we saw what they write about. It's like Nixon resigns. JFK yeah. is killed, you know. 
Well, the other thing is too. think about the fact that uh, it is a fairly wealthy town. You know, you have at least three yeah. like warring wealthy clans in this town. And uh, meanwhile, the, the Riverdale Register is just it's a small town newspaper with a prominent but not particularly wealthy family at the head. And also that family might have paid somebody to kill Jason. So that might be a little money. True. And they had to pay for uh, Polly to be taken away. Yeah. I got a th- I got a thought on that, and this is uh, of all, of all the kind of crazy theories I've come up with. I think this is the craziest and probably the least likely to be true. But it's like a hail mary that if if I'm right here, then like uh, I- I'll have to give myself some brownie points. Go for it. What if? Because uh, I mean, y- this episode we discover that Polly is up to something that the the decision she made at the end of eight was not all it was cracked up to be. And it wasn't quite as quite as clear cut as her just siding with blossoms. So here's my thing. How long has that been going on? And do you think it's possible that she was committed all as part of some long range? Like what if she didn't actually get committed that morning? What if she found Jason or, you know, if Jason was gone or she heard the gunshot or something and they concocted the whole thing about her commitment to keep her safe and off the radar while they tried to figure out what the hell happened. Hmm. Uh, sounds convoluted, but then again, I mean, last season in The Flash, we saw Zoom fighting somebody else. and I'm not going to say who because it's spoilery now. If huh. you know, because people don't want flash spoilers on this podcast, I don't even so, remember who he fought. Who did he fight? I don't think anybody cares about flash spoilers on that. Okay, uh, Zoom fought. Like we, there, we don't. We can spoil what happened in this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just, just for context for anybody who's listening yeah. and being like, why are they suddenly so weird about this? I had told somebody on Reddit on the the red the Riverdale subreddit that we would try to be careful about uh, spoiling things that like everyday folks don't already know, you know, stuff that we learned either from screeners or our interviews or stuff like that, because uh, somebody had, uh, you know, there was a thread about like, Hey, are there any good Riverdale podcasts? And somebody mentioned us and said, Hey, they're really cool. But like, just so you know, they tend to spoil stuff because they're reporters and they know stuff before we do. I apologize. I'm pretty sure it's my fault. I just assume it's my fault, but I apologize, <laughs> and I think you're great. Uh, I, I don't know whose fault it would be, because we all kind of, especially in the early going, like, I remember us all kind of dancing around the, the idea of Grundy being gone. Yeah. Um, that was, like, I, I remember Craig making, uh, well, I, I very distinctly remember making a joke that Craig gave me, like, an evil eye in, like, huh. the episode, like, our second episode, where, uh, yeah, somebody, he said something about Grundy, and I was like, if that's even her real name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, I have such poor memory that I have zero recollection of this. Yeah. uh, And that's like, there's been a lot of times when both Chris and I, Craig, Craig to his credit is usually pretty good about spoilers, but there've been plenty of times when both Chris and I say, I'm going to say this thing. And I don't remember if it's a spoiler or not, but we're going to go forward. Sorry, sorry. As as the person who edits the podcast, uh, I I hear us say things like that, and they rec- they stick with me because I've, I wa- I listen to every episode like three or four times to make sure that I didn't cut out something that would make it not make sense anymore. Wow, I don't even listen once. Well, you know, you're just a terrible person. I listen, and then I get surprised and happy when Russ like throws in really cool stuff. Sometimes, like. When he would like when you looped in a few uh, quotes from our trip up to Vancouver, that was pretty cool. What about Melody? Like, have, have you got something bigger kind of coming up, or are we still? Melody's a very um, mysterious character. Uh, she, I, I would say that Melody, in my opinion, really balances out the pussycats. She's kind of the more calm one. I personally think she's a lot more focused than the other two girls. I think that they, the other two girls, are more <laughs> interested in maybe their own solo you know, spotlight, and I think Melody is kind of just really, really about the pussycats, you know? She plays the drum, she's like the backbone for the group, I think. Yeah, I'm going to try to do that in this episode again. There was a weird thing in our, our quotes where, like, a lot of people either talked about the episode that was on that night, or 
crazy long-term spoiler stuff that I didn't feel comfortable including before like episode seven or eight. Yeah. And so now that we're at nine, I feel like I should cull through some of those interviews and anything that we haven't used for publication that isn't spoilery at this point, I might just drop some stuff in. Now, going back to episode five, we saw a little moment between Cheryl's mom and Archie in that scene. Are we going to see more of uh, Archie interacting with the Blossoms? Yeah, we do. Uh, I forget which episode that is, but uh, there's definitely, uh, there is one particular episode where we see Archie uh, immerse a lot into the, the Blossom family because of, um, you know, the musical side of it is, plays a big part of it because they, you know, being the Blossoms, they are quite wealthy and they are able to kind of help people out a lot. So, yeah, that, he, he hangs out with them for a, for a long time. And maybe something, something a little bit, um, what would I say? Yeah, expect more from that as well in that episode. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. Have you guys seen that yet? Just no, we've five. just seen through five. Oh, okay. yeah. You don't even know what's coming for you. <laughs> <It's just laughs> cool. But yeah, yeah so um, that, that was my crazy poly theory. And again, even I don't really believe it, but I thought it was an interesting, like it, it occurred to me, like, okay, so if she's in deep cover now, how long has she been in deep cover? You know, this idea we talked about last week that her character in the comics is a reporter. Yeah, And it's like, what if she came up with this whole elaborate thing with her parents that, that basically would be showing a public face that she's crazy and uh, uh, an unreliable narrator, basically, so that if she were to then be an investigator, people would be less likely to be intimidated by her because, like, what's she going to do? She's crazy. Well, we saw what Betty did when she was crazy and what Alice does. Like her throwing the um, her throwing a brick through the door is pretty fierce, even though that was totally a different building than they used in the pilot. Because I'm nerdy and notice those things. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Do you watch this show, Chris? Uh, Just kidding. Arrow. <laughs> what show are we talking about? So yeah, when's Archie gonna get trained by Rachel Gull? Not soon enough. I'm super excited about that new Warriors show. I, I didn't give a shit. I am not at all. I didn't give a shit about that show until Kevin Beagle. But I'm like, I fucking love Kevin Beagle. I, I like Kevin Beagle, but the new Warriors was such a perfect... I mean, I would compare the first 25 issues of New Warriors to the Perez Wolfman Teen Titans first 40 issues. I could see it. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent. Uh, somebody yeah, who's seen okay. the episode get us back on track. Uh, yes. Do we want to talk? Do we want to talk Ethel Muggs? Yes. Yes. Oh, we finally got Ethel Muggs back, and unfortunately, zero, like zero, to do with Jughead. Absolutely yeah, but nothing to do with Jughead. And we get to see, you know, Veronica trying to atone for the things that her father did, and she's really starting to realize That's that Hiram was a monster. Yeah, it's well, it all start. It started off with uh, Hermione. Hermione and Hiram, what a weird couple of people, just name-wise. It all started with, yeah. and, to, and then they have a pretty normal kid named Veronica. And uh, a butler named Smithers. Yeah. Oh, Smithers. Uh, it all started with uh, Hermione telling Veronica, like, look, we're going to have to give depositions for your dad's court case, and Veronica flat-out asks her, am I going to have to lie? And yeah. essentially, essentially, Hermione tells her, like, well, not lie, but you'll have to like dance around the truth. So yes, which is that's parenting wise. Parenting wise, uh, Hermione take makes some very questionable decisions. Uh, she well, forged and- her daughter's signature. She's at she's essentially asking her daughter to perjure herself. Like some of these things are very, very, very bad. Well, she desperately wants her family. Yes, and I understand that, but... Here's the thing that bugs me about this. You you would think that because she seemed to know nothing about it beforehand, that her parents were essentially keeping Veronica out of the loop to keep her... For, to basically to avoid putting her in exactly this position. Like, if yeah. she didn't know anything, then there would be no truth to dance around. But bec- in spite of the fact they were keeping her in the dark doing things like naming her as a company trustee and all that kind of horseshit means that now 
she like she's learning all this stuff and now you've got a teenage girl who's just learning stuff and already immediately having to turn around and lie about it because she doesn't really know what it means yeah pretty much yeah well and beyond that like now she's finding out that it goes even deeper than she could have imagined because Ethel Muggs' dad invested a ton of money into Lodge Industries and lost it all because her dad was a crook. And he tries to kill himself, and it's breaking up Ethel's family. And, like, first, poor Ethel Muggs can't seem to catch a break on this show, A, which is the case for a lot of characters in Riverdale, it seems. But just as Veronica's trying to atone... Before she realizes what she's doing, she's trying to atone for her mean girl ways back in New York. And in doing so, she finds out that her family has done far more damage to Ethel than any bully ever could. Like, because of the sins of her father, Ethel's family is falling apart. Mm-hmm. That's fucking terrible. That's a, that is a horrible thing to, ha- to make your kid go through. Well, you know, I, I also realized when we're talking about this, there's another parallel in that, you know, Veronica is kind of the intended heir to Lodge. And then you got the whole Cheryl thing. But, you know, it's like Veronica is given the responsibility that she probably would not want, whereas I think Cheryl probably would want it because she thinks... And she's having a fight that's the only thing she, Yeah. She had to fight for everything, whereas Jason got everything that's handed to him. I feel like this is a like a small town thing just across the like, because you have the same thing. Go back to the pilot, and you have the same thing with Archie. Like you yeah. have to have the conversation with Fred. No, I don't want to inherit your business. I don't want your life. Meanwhile, Betty is running a better newspaper than her father is. Suck it, Hal! You piece of shit. But Jughead hasn't started drinking yet, so the, there's a plus. All in good time. But, uh, huh. yeah, so I, even though it's horrible things that the Lodge family has done, I have to give props to Veronica for coming clean <laughs> to Ethel at the hospital when she went to go check on her. Ethel's mom was not having it, but Ethel... Ethel came straight to her at school and was like, you know, thank you. Like, I feel like that's an interesting dynamic and friendship that it would be impossible for Veronica to have with any other character on the show. I really hope that that gets to carry on and that we get to see a little bit more of it. I had, and to a lesser extent now that we've seen her again, but, but I had, and, and still have a little bit of a concern that the the tease I mentioned last week from episode three, where they talk about how much worse things are coming because of the uh, the football players getting booted from the team and the kind of fallout from that. I, I, I at that time I was thinking, oh, you know what? Ethel's gonna get killed, like literally killed by one of these dudes. I don't think but there's she's already. After her dad tried to kill himself. That'd be terrible. And also, considering Barb, didn't she get... Well, here we go, spoilers again. Didn't Barb get like killed after like two episodes or something? No, Barb got disappeared with no real explanation. Oh, okay. Yeah, has all the missing posters at Comic-Con. Justice I'm okay for with Barb. you spoiling... I'm okay with you spoiling Stranger Things, though. Okay. Uh, here, here's my thing. Uh, as far as spoilers, I definitely want to be sensitive to the audience, but because this is a Riverdale podcast and because we are TV writers, I kind of feel like we're going to spoil TV that happened last season. Yeah. And whether that's like, there, there was no last season for Riverdale, but unless we're like going out of our way to spoil last night's last week's now DC's Legends of Tomorrow finale or something, bless you. I don't Thank feel too bad about just saying stuff as a kind of cultural point of reference. So like, it's, it's one of those things. Like I, I absolutely want to be sensitive to people who don't want to be spoiled, but at the same time, I'm going to limit that pretty much to this episode slash this season of Riverdale and not 
not try to include everything in the history of media because that would just, it, it would be crazy. You know, we made jokes about who killed Laura Palmer on our first episode. Speaking of, um, why is Shelly, Shelly Johnson from uh, Twin Peaks had pie on Riverdale tonight. That's true. That's yeah. true. That made me happy. She served, she served up, Alice Cooper served up some pie to, uh, was it Betty and Jughead? I think so. Yeah, I think it was Betty and Jughead. Of course it was Jughead. Jughead's hungry. It's true. But yeah, it, it, that was just like, that was just a fun, that was a fun little nod. And I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad they can work in stuff like that. Yeah. Can't keep so. the references to just old Archie stuff. There's too much history with some of this cast. Well, I hope it's not that they talk oh, about Fred Andrews' time at West Beverly High. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No, don't, but they, they can have something a little more subtle. So, um, Brenda, <laughs> that would be funny. Exactly. I'd be down for that. So, speaking of references to past things, I don't know how accurate it is, but I've. Seen it in a few places that episode 11 of Riverdale is apparently called To Riverdale and Back Again. So we're going to have two episodes oh, with the no. same title of our podcast. That's, that's unfortunate. I would assume that might be, I think there's a reunion, uh, not a reunion, a homecoming episode coming up. Maybe that's it. Maybe. I mean, I, I would have thought that if they were going to do that, it would, it would have been 10 with... Uh, Molly Ringwald coming back to town with Mary Andrews coming back. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm, she... I'm kind of skeptical of that report anyway, of the, the title being to Riverdale and back again, because it really doesn't fit with, okay, yes, it's technically a movie title, but it doesn't fit with the kind of movies that have been literally every other title of this show. Hey, it was an awesome movie on Bizarre World. No, huh? it wasn't. It was but garbage. But what if it was? But then I don't know. No, like, on Bizarro World, it was well-liked. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. But, uh, but to be fair, on Bizarro World, calling it garbage would be a compliment. So. Oh, yeah, good point. I never want to live there. <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrible. It was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. level quality. That oh. was mean. That's all right. I'll take it. All right. So... I think the only thing we haven't really discussed is the very end and Cheryl's reaction to Polly and Archie and being really pissed off at both of them and going kind of nuts. Do you want to take this, Chris? We got to see the nut. We got to see the nuttier side of Cheryl come out. They, they took a picture at the tree tap, like a big weird, not family, but not family photo that Archie is in for reasons. Uh, They got it developed super quickly too, because the tree tapping just happened before this event, like a, the day, the day, a day or so before. Um, Photo printer. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They went to Kinkos. Um. And yeah, Cheryl came a little unhinged and just went marker happy, scratching out the faces of Archie. And then when Polly came in to say goodnight, because Polly is trying to appear as though she's one happy. Blossom family member, even though she's secretly plotting to take them all down because she thinks they're involved in Jason's death. But Cheryl don't trust her anyway, and Cheryl scribbled out her face. I don't know what the deal is with Cheryl, but it freaks me out. Yeah, I think Cheryl became an official suspect at that moment. I mean, I think a lot of people already considered her a suspect. Right. But, uh... Well, because we also learned that, uh... Uh, oh fuck! Polly's having twins. No, no. Well, yeah, Polly's having for sure, twins, for sure. Yeah, we know. Um, yeah. uh, Clifford Blossom. Sorry, guys, I'm not good with names. Clifford Blossom uh, revealed that they're the ones who had Hiram arrested. Oh yeah. Like you, you, it's they. It, Archie catches them speaking in hushed tones when he's creepily hiding behind a bush, the way Archie does, <laughs> and he overhears Clifford talking with uh, Bonita. What's the mom's name? Penelope. 
Penelope, thank you, and saying and admitting that like they're the reason Hiram is in jail. They're the ones who ratted out Hiram, got him busted, got him locked up, which is just another horrible fold in all of this. Yeah. Which so yeah, the lodges are the lodges are looking fairly guilty of a lot of things tonight. You mean the blossoms? Yes. Yes. Although, to be fair, the lodges are looking pretty guilty too. What with wanting to lie in their depositions and all that. I also wonder if it's. I mean, this is going back a couple episodes, but I wonder if it's going to bite Fred in the ass that he lied about Jughead's alibi. You know, I kind of hope not. I like. I want them to at least reference it. I don't want that to be just a forgotten plot thread. Okay. See, I would be good with it being a forgotten plot thread just because I, I feel like I can't think of a scenario where it would be interesting enough to justify the like the level of stress involved. I don't know. I, I, I could be totally wrong, but I just I kind of I feel mean, like it's like we were saying about uh, several episodes ago about Archie's music <laughs> career. Like there are certain things that are like so much more low stakes than everything else going on that whatever amount of time you give them feels like maybe too much time. I don't know, man. I feel like a falsified alibi and a murder investigation and whether or not Archie knows how to write music down are way different stakes. That's fair. Like, and I'm not saying like this should be the ruination of Fred or this should lead to Jughead uh, being a suspect, but or J- Jughead being found guilty, but I like I would I I as we get closer to finding out who killed Jason Blossom, I want the show to take a hard look at who really could have pulled it off and who's lying and who's telling the truth. And I mean, if we're being honest, at the end of the day, as I love Jughead, he's my favorite character on the show. He's one of my favorite characters on the show. I love you, Cheryl. Uh, and Alice Cooper and the Pussycat. Like, I love everyone on this show. Um, Except Archie. Oh, fucking Archie. This guy. Uh, While I love Jughead, he he can't be accounted for on that day. Yeah. And he could easily explain it away himself, but he didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to know why. What was he? What was he doing on that day? That's the only reason I would want to revisit it. It even if just to find out, like, well, was Jughead hiding something about that day? Like, where was he that day? What are we missing here? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just, and again, this is just all assumptions. So I, I just kind of like, I, I had assumed he's a fucking homeless kid. Um, he probably doesn't have a great alibi because he's a a fucking homeless kid. Um, He's a hobo. Exactly. As, as, as Cheryl says. Yes. Well, I mean, but here's the thing. If that's, if that's the case, uh, he was living at the movie theater at that time. I don't know about you guys, but I love going to the movies on the 4th of July. You can't tell me Jaws wasn't playing at the drive-in because that's the 4th of July drive-in movie. Well, and Jughead got to pick the movie anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's Jughead. So and because apparently be that theater had no manager. He was the manager. It just, had, it just had a homeless kid living in the projection room. No, it also had that guy who uh, was selling hot dogs that were out of stock. Oh, yeah. Oh, good call. Good call. Anyway, uh, so as we wrap this up, who is your current suspect? I'm looking at the Lodge family, personally. I don't know which one of them. Lodge or Blossom? So, see, I, I did it again. I'm looking at the Blossom family. I don't know which one of them, but they all did things tonight. Maybe, been, I don't know. Maybe, there's something going on with them. They're evil. True. And right now, they are the most evil. <laughs> Although, Hal's, Hal's playing a pretty good evil game. Yeah. He went from zero to dickhead super quickly. Huh. So yeah. yeah I, I, don't, I don't know, but like my heart says someone in Jason's family. 
See, I'm leaning towards Cheryl right now, and I don't want it to be Cheryl because she's, like, my favorite, and I want her to be on the show every week being bitchy to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I don't want her to go to jail. So I'm hoping it's not Cheryl, though emotionally as a TV viewer, that would be pretty effective. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think if it – I know you hate when I make the Sheriff Keller joke, but if it was Sheriff Keller – we don't really have that emotional connection to that character where I'd be like, okay, they're going to cart him off. We don't need him anymore. Fair. We'll just get a new. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the, uh, the Veronica Mars syndrome of like that, the, the, the killer in the first season of Veronica Mars. Like it was a, it was a, a nice twist and it was something that was built kind of organically into the season. You could see the clues when you go and look back, but at the end of the day, it wasn't, super like he was he was a character who was obviously disposable yeah well but like from what from what i've what i I don't like i don't know what you got out of your interviews at WonderCon, craig but something i found out is that like we're not while we're going to get the reveal of the killer this season we're not going to fully understand why and like there's still going to be bridges to cross in next season as it relates to the death of Jason Blossom. Now, before, uh, and I, I, I'm not going to give a theory this week because having only gotten the kind of broad strokes on this episode from you guys and having not seen it myself yet, eh, maybe I'll do like a live, like a Google Hangout thing and, and the, the handful of like really loyal listeners that we have can uh, interact with me. Nice. But uh, the the conversation that I wanted to bring up because I actually, when, when we put out the bat signal for questions tonight, uh, we got a couple of people asking about this is, uh, I just pulled those questions up on my phone. <laughs> uh, what, what do you guys think about this revelation? And again, minor spoilers ahead for anybody who uh, doesn't know, because these do go out, go beyond just episode nine, although we have no special insight into them, or at least I don't, uh, what do you guys think about this thing, this revelation that came out at WonderCon, that there's going to be another murder or another major death uh, Did I before? Miss that yeah, I must have missed that too. Maybe it was, was something that came out and in the press room, and I don't remember it. This is Russ with just a quick interjection. Because of all the confusion about this question, I'm including a clip from Showbiz Junkies on YouTube, which is the original interview being referenced. So what was your reaction then when you found out about the second character who's going to die? Um, <laughs> how about, how about? Good answer. <laughs> I felt uh, it was too soon for them, and yet at the same time, they deserve Second character oh. question. That, uh, I'll just tell you. It was too soon, but they had it coming. Was it the murderer who did the first murder, who killed Jason? Were they the one who did well, the second murder? I can't tell you that, can you? Interesting. So, Polly, it was nice knowing you. Nah. They're not going to have babies on the show. I, I, no, I, they, they could do something to send Polly away. Yeah, this <laughs> like, doesn't... With her, with her original plan to go live on a farm or whatever. Yeah, I mean, to me, honestly, this show is dark, but it's not mean. Yeah. And I just, I really don't see this being a show where they kill off the expectant mother and by, you know, extension <coughs> babies. I guess she might die after the babies are born. Uh, and especially, like, that's a possibility if the Blossoms are involved with the murder. But, yeah. uh I don't know. My my gut says that they're not going to kill off Polly. Like that would be, that would be a huge, huge gut punch and a huge downer. And with only you know four episodes to go after this, I don't know if you could do that and then recover from it. Maybe the other death is hot dog and Reggie runs over him. Oh, God. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why would you say that? That's terrible. Well, that's what kicked off Afterlife with Archie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was yeah. just thinking about, like, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, my my, my thought, like, again, I, I have not seen this interview. I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. if it actually happened. If it did happen and we will be seeing another death, I wouldn't be shocked. Well, A, it could be not a blossom. <laughs> Fair. Fuck it. But uh, what if it, what if... In a world where the killer isn't one of the classmates, let's say let's 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 focus on a world where the killer is an adult. 
Mm-hmm. Sheriff Keller. Apparent Sheriff Keller, which is not going to be. But if, if it's like a character that we know, that we've gotten to know, but isn't necessarily one of the main cast. Pup Tate. What, who's, I wouldn't be shocked if the person who died, if it's not Cheryl, but it's an adult somewhere, like what if Cheryl fucking like revenge killed? What if it's uh, Jennifer Gibson off camera? Hmm. You know, That'd if I funny. had like, I, I don't really know why on this, but I have this weird gut feeling that uh, if there's going to be a major death this season, Hal Cooper is a really good candidate. Yeah. He's not a series regular. Well, and he's he's like a major player, but not a major character. And he's like clearly shown himself to be more kind of dangerous and unstable these last few weeks. I could see that coming to a head in a bad way for him. Yeah. Uh, especially if he isn't the killer and he somehow ends up in the killer's crosshairs uh, yeah. for whatever reason. Do you think they would torment the audience by killing FP? No. I really... Not at I all. Mean, I, I, again, I, I, I won't say 100% no, but in the same way that I won't say 100% no that I don't think Reggie is the killer, uh, my every part of me says the answer to that is no, even if I'm not willing to 100% say I'm certain. I didn't notice until this week's episode that Reggie's name is on the murder board. Interesting. Oh. I hadn't... Yeah. Well, I hadn't seen this week's episode. But you haven't seen it. Yeah. Reggie Mantle is on the murder board. Huh. I guess Maybe it makes Reggie sense because... It. Here's actually one of the weird things. And we <laughs> might have mentioned this on an earlier episode of the podcast, but I, I, I don't feel like I've heard it, so probably not. Like, early on, somebody gave this... Like, somebody said something to oh no reggie reggie had that big speech where he called jughead suicide squad and he's like why would it be one of us we're not gonna it's not gonna be one of us it's gonna be some crazy loner loser kid and it's just like well why wouldn't it be one of you because in like two-thirds of all of these kinds of murder mysteries where the star football player is the victim like it's another football player who gets to move up the right chain yeah and so I can see why, I, like, again, I don't think in any way, shape, or form that it is Art, it is Reggie, but I can totally see why Reggie would be a person of interest on the murder board because he's the team captain now. True. Right. And captains get scholarships. True. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also for Machen. It's true. Well, she's yes. a closer. Damn good She's coffee. Sure and hot. Um, the other thing that somebody asked us uh, that I thought was definitely worth talking about, in the WonderCon footage, there was that shot of Archie and Jughead running from somebody in the deep snow. And then the camera kind of, you change camera angles and you can see that Betty and Veronica are behind them also running. Mm. Um the the the, the some, one of our listeners asked us whether whether we wanted to try and speculate about w- what they're running from. I don't know. I I, well, I couldn't even begin to guess other than you know the obvious answer of the killer. Well, it is snowing in episode nine. At you know they might actually be at whatever the lodge or whatever it is that the blossoms have mm-hmm. in this episode nine. Maybe that's they go back there. Hmm. Maybe to find some evidence of what, you know, them framing Hiram or something. Uh, my other question was, uh, be, just as somebody who's only seen that footage one time, and, and I'd seen some speculation over the weekend after the WonderCon footage came out, somebody had said, what if they're not actually running away from somebody? What if they're running towards some, like if somebody fell through the ice or if somebody was whatever? Um What's your read on that? I mean, to me, that didn't look particularly plausible. It really looked like they were scared and they were running. Yeah, that looked like that looked like it looked to me like a running away. I yeah, can't it looked say like, for sure. Especially the way Archie like stumbled and then scrambled to get up. It looked like Scooby and Shaggy running away from the Wolfman. Yeah, I would agree. Jughead, the Wolfman, really? Well, <laughs> the different, hunger, different continuity. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think those are the only two big questions that got lobbed our way. Um, yeah. Is, is there anything else that you guys see before we close up? No, I'm ready to close up. I'm good to go. Yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes. Go to iTunes. Okay, what you're going to want to do. Open up your iPhone, your iTelephone. Click the search, open the podcast app. You click the little magnifying glass. That's the search button. In it, type Archie Digest. I think we're the first thing to pop up if you do that. Then click review. Then there's going to be like a bunch of stars. Click the five stars because that's really, let's be honest, that's we're worth it. And then write a comment about how great Chris is. I don't know about these other two guys, but you can write a comment about how great Chris is. And I guess Craig and Russ. That's my, that's my big closing spiel. Just rate and, and review the hell out of it. And you know what? I'll be honest. If you don't like it, if you don't think this is as strong of an episode, don't give us five stars. Give us four or three or t- don't give us one. That would be rude. <laughs> And also, uh, you can find them all more easily because Russ has uh, purchased ArchieDigestPodcast.com. That's right. Where you can find everything. Um, does that? Does that, I know that? I know that goes to the landing page at K-Site. Does it all on the landing page? Is there a? Is there an an iTunes or a Podbean link? Um, there are in the articles, but I, I probably could. I have I probably could add them to the landing page. Yes. Nice. That, that is a very good idea, Chris. Thank you. Yes. And you're, you're hey, creating more work for Craig and not me, call. which is even better. You're welcome. Yeah, so more work for me when I can't breathe right now. Yeah. So, yay. So, uh, where can we find everybody beyond that? Who's going first, gentlemen? You, Chris. All right. All right, listen. After you go rate five stars and write about how I'm your favorite of the three. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest, I'm a little upset with one of our listeners tonight. Uh, uh, I don't think I'm out of line in saying that uh, Mimi C putting clothes on her dog is the worst offense <laughs> someone can take. Like, you don't put clothes on dogs. They don't like it. You hey, I put, I put like shirts it. on my dog. Yeah, that's terrible. And Mimi's awesome. I didn't say she wasn't. I'm just saying you don't put clothes on dogs. It's mean. Dogs don't like it. You think they like it, they don't. Vader likes it. I will prove it to you next time you see her. No. Yep. It's impossible. Uh, Then, head over to ScreenerTV.com. You can find me there writing about all sorts of comic booky show things, all sorts of big, bigger, (laughs) lots of stuff. Lots of TV stuff over there. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Hayner, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-E-R, Ironically enough, that's also here you can find me on Instagram. Uh, furthermore, on it, the more important Instagram for you to follow is at Waterworld Photos, which is where I uh, take photos of the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios. And here's a new one for you. Follow me on fa- like me on Facebook, at uh, Hayner Writes, H-A-Y-N-E-R Writes, like write stuff. And I'm going to do that now. Um, peace in the Middle East, and uh, you can playing. yeah, you can find me at ksitv.com. Um, on Twitter, my Riverdale posts are at, at Riverdale TV, and uh, yeah, just come visit. Uh, we even have a Riverdale forum at ksitv. You guys should be posting. We need more posters. Nobody does forums anymore. No. no, I just mean in general. Like I miss, I miss having people commenting on the forums. Like we had some fun discussions back in the day, but anyway, now I sound like an old person. So, uh, yeah, uh, come by, say hi. Uh, and here's Russ. Where can we find you, Russ? You can find me writing at comicbook.com. You can find me on Twitter at at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E. You can find me on Facebook, uh, and by searching Russ Burlingame. And uh, you can also find my other podcast where I talk about movies with people who used to work with me at a video store at the Emerald City Video Podcast, which is both on Facebook, on iTunes, on Podbean, and on uh, Twitter at ECV underscore podcast. Oh, actually, can I just say something real oh, quick? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I would like to apologize in advance. 
I will not be here for the next episode. I don't know what these two are going to do in my absence. I hope it's something amazing. I, I will be in the middle of Europe, not able to watch Riverdale. So I won't even be able to watch. I won't even be able to watch the episode, let alone talk about it on a podcast. But which yeah, is I, the episode that all the cast said was their favorite? I know. Except I'm Cole. gonna miss the. I'm gonna miss the party. Well, I'll, I'm out. I'm out next week, and the show's off the week after that. But I'll be back for the next new episode. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, at at present, Craig and I plan to have a show. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth because we'll miss you so much. Possibly rending of garments. And we will you. talk about Sheriff Keller a lot. Don't do it. <laughs> That's that's what I should do. I should spend like the next week trying to find a way to get Martin Cummins to come and be the third guest host on the show. Tell him I'm sorry for how terrible you guys are. Bunch of there, if, if we do, I'm not going to tell Chris at all, and I'm just going to make him listen to that episode. Yeah, like the entire episode would be so. So, what's it like to be the killer on Riverdale? No, <laughs> just kidding. That would be it. Would be really funny if he's not, and he's just like playing along with this. Like, oh, yeah, it's totally good. And then it turns out to be, like, Fred Andrews or something. This is the I first time not Fred Andrews. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. Usually yeah. when, you're, anyway. when you're grasping for a, a murder candidate who seems out of left field, you go Pop Tate. It's true. Oh, I yeah, true. Him. Pop Tate. We it's Mr. Weatherby. Hiding bodies. What was that last part, Chris? It's Mr. Weatherby. Oh. We haven't seen him in a while because he's hiding bodies. Oh my! Actually, God. he was in tonight's episode. Oh well, he, I was going to say he's turning bodies into burger. He's doing, he's oh. on some Sweeney Todd shit. You're you're not the first person to make that joke. Ashley Murray has made that joke at least twice. That I like, she made it once to me and Craig, and then I saw her in a video from from WonderCon saying the same thing. So about like Sweeney, about Sweeney Todd. She didn't specifically say Sweeney Todd, no, but she, she said Pop Tate turning people into burgers. I was so convinced that, that he's just chopping kids up and, like, <laughs> giving them the Pop Tate to make burgers. Like, I don't know. Oh. Um, I was say, I can't she, use the clip. Because... Sweeney Todd, I might, I might have found my soulmate. Archie. <laughs> that would be amazing. Archie the serial killer. Hell yeah. And the whole season's just in his head or in a snow globe. Snow globe. Yep. See, Archie, wouldn't make you a killer if you were pulling a 0. 0.9. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. All right. Thank you so much for listening to another fun installment of Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. Next week, Craig and I will be back to discuss episode 10. I can't remember the name of that episode right now. Does anybody know? No idea. The Lost uh, Weekend. Yeah. Yes. So yes, next week Craig and I will be back to talk the Lost Weekend. We will bring in at least one guest host, so it's not just two people. Here's what I'll say: if I can somehow watch it in Europe, I will record an audio file of my giving my thoughts and just send it to you. Okay. You yeah, can I'll just absolutely. Drop it in the middle. Yeah, I'll absolutely do. Uh, I mean, to be fair, unless they send us a screener, if you watch it in Europe, probably we'll already have recorded a podcast by the time <laughs> you send me that. But. We'll we'll figure something you out. You don't know that. I'm gonna I'll stay up overnight. I'll be. We'll do We'll do a oh, double man, digest. I'll, I'll be I'll I'll be I'll be in St. Andrews, Scotland, in the midst of crazy jet lag. <laughs> I may very well be up. That's true. Nice. I think we should. I still think we should have alcohol when we do our finale podcast. That's a good idea. I have alcohol all, right. all the time on the Emerald City podcast, and and it typically does not inhibit my ability to function, except for that one time. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm going to be so sad when it turns out to be Sheriff Keller. I'm just going to be driven to drink your sorrows. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm not going to take the bait on this. Good night, All gentlemen. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been uh, Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. The pod, the, the, this podcast is about a story about a town. Wait. See you in three weeks. Everything's Archie. Chapter 9, La Grande Illusion. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast about a dog making noises into a microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. That's Vader. I know. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. start it again. My she apologies. just left. Oh, okay. Bye, Vader. It was good seeing you. She can't hear Welcome you. I have headphones Arkansas. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'll do it. <laughs>